Welcome to the Redeemer Coast podcast. Our prayer is that this message will inspire hope, build your faith, and encourage you with God's purposes for your life. Father, we just gather here today, of course, in the name of Jesus. We gather here because you love us and you've made provision for us to come and be nourished, be in fellowship, to be blessed, Father. We thank you for our future, that you have good things for us in store, that we can cry out to you and, and, and based on your word and based on the covenant that is through our Saviour, Jesus Christ, the answer is yes. Not no, not maybe, but every promise of God in Christ is yes and amen. So we thank you, Heavenly Father. There is a good future for us, and it doesn't matter what we see going on around us, that you are committed to us. And Father, as we place ourselves under your care and as we place ourselves to hear your word, that you speak into our hearts so we can, by faith, stand up and live in a victorious manner the way Jesus purchased for us to live in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the, today's word and the life that is in that word and the blessing it brings to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so last time I was here, uh, for those of you that weren't, I spoke about uh, the nature of our Father and how God fathers us, and I gave a couple of examples. And um, the scripture was, uh, come out from amongst them and be separate. The exhortation was, and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. And um, just built the message around that. And it was kind of like a, uh, it was a bit of a wake-up call for me and others that, that there's some things we have to do to put ourselves in a position for God to move on our behalf whereby we can sort of, running our own ship, running our own path, we can nullify or restrict the influence that he wants to have in our life. And we're just going to have a look through here at another area that um, can either embrace the Father heart of God or restrict the Father heart of God. And so let me just start by going to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. And it says in, in verse 1 through to verse 3, I think, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. What I see there, just looking at that scripture just very quickly, is the deficit our lives will have no matter how strong we are in the things of God, the deficit we will have if we don't know and learn how to live in the love of God, how to walk in the love of God, how to allow him to love us, how to be influenced by that love. And, and this is what it's saying, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, if I'm, if I'm filled with the Spirit, if I have a, if I have a wonderful elocution, if, I, if I'm a great communicator of spiritual truths, if, 
if, if my words have so much power that they move obstacles and move things and have not love, I have a deficit. And, and, and God is not impressed. You know, it doesn't talk about there if I move mountains that um, God will set up me a wonderful ministry and a great bookstore where my books will go all over the world. He doesn't say that. He's not impressed by our achievements. He's impressed by how his heart influences our heart. And he talks about love. So, so what God is doing here, he's putting a value on something. He's not removing a value on, on being filled with the Spirit. He's not removing a value of faith. He's placing something over the top that is far more valuable, and that is love. And then it goes on to tell us what love is. But let me just show you what Jesus said before he left the earth, his, his last meeting with his disciples, before he was betrayed. And in John chapter 14, I'll start in verse 19. Do you guys put the scriptures up there or, or not? Are they, do they go up? No, okay, so. Did anyone actually bring Bibles? Yeah, they did. So I'll just wait a little while, okay? Sometimes you don't have to wait, it just goes up and you can just roll on. So. John 14, starting in verse 19, Jesus says these words. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. And at that day you know, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. And he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. That's very important. Now I listen to a lot of people talk about how they love Jesus. You don't love Jesus if you don't know how to love people. You don't love Jesus unless you do what he says. And he said, this is the evidence. This is how I know whether or not you love me. And this is what he said. This is not what I'm saying. This is what the scripture says. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And here's the fruit of that. And he who loves me will be what? Loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Training ourselves to abide in the love of God opens doors, opens windows, opens the influence that God wants to have in our lives and over our hearts, over our families. Not just pursuing the great spiritual power, not just looking for great revelation, but the little things, the simple things. Learning how to let God love you. See, I can't look at you or myself and expect me to be the great lover of humanity if I don't let God into my life and allow him to love me. Some people, they're very good at giving. They're very good at giving. But they don't know how to receive. I know some very generous people, and I'm thinking of one in particular at the time, always willing to give, but as soon as you reciprocate, they don't want to know about it. They can't, they can't receive. I don't know what it is. But before we can love, God wants us to receive. And we say we're unworthy. He made us worthy. You are worthy. You know, the last thing we should call ourselves is a bunch of sinners or, or unworthy. That, that's, that's, if we were unworthy, why would God send his son to come and get us and bring us home if we had no value? You know, he placed a value on us. 
And that was another message I was going to speak this week, but I won't. But I'll just say this. He placed the value on you and he placed the value on I and we'll look at that towards the end when we come into communion. So your life, whether you like yourself, whether anybody else likes you or not, has nothing to do with the value that God has put on you. So you're worth something to him. And he wants you to see what it is so you can learn to have that same value for yourself and myself. I need to value myself the way he values me, not just, not just feed my ego, but to allow God to love me and reflect that love. And so this is the atmosphere that the church is called to live in as children, and we open ourselves up to our Father's influence. Why? Because that's the realm he lives in. God is love. That's where he moves. He moves in that realm. He doesn't move in the dynamic without love. He's not there. He's nowhere to be found. He's in love. Okay. Um, Jesus said in John 13 verse 34, just to endorse what I was saying, a new commandment that I, I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. What's this? A commandment in the New Testament church? Yes, it is a commandment. And you know it's the only commandment. To love one another as I have loved you. See, they first had to experience the love of God. They first had to know the love of God before they knew how to love with the love of God. The Bible talks about the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I won't stick around there. But now we contrast that with secular life today on planet Earth. Can we do that just for a couple of minutes? Here we have Jesus saying, I've given you a new commandment that you love each other as I have loved you. And we see without this love, we are deficit. <laughs> but in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'll wait. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. And we contrast what we've just talked about with, the, with um, the secular life on planet Earth today. Can I, put, can I say it like that? And it says this, that, Know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, this, this is talking about the last days. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haunty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people, turn away. Well, you know, that's a massive contrast, isn't it? The state of the world today does not walk or even resemble anything about the love that God has for his church and has for his church to walk in. And, and there's a tremendous contrast. And in that, in that place that we are called to is where the divine influence is most active. Um, 
I, I love this scripture. This is an Old Testament scripture and I remember the person who first breathed this scripture out and it just went off in me and, and I've just, I don't know, I've always just come back to it. I, I love it. And it's in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Uh, Thus says the Lord, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, or one translation says the ancient paths, where the good way is and walk in it and then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. They said, we will not walk in it. God says, stand in the ways, ask for the old paths and commentaries say that it's an image from travellers who have lost their road, lost their way, and they need to stop and inquire what is the right way on which they once had been, but from which they have wandered. And God is sort of saying, now turn around and go back to the old parts, where the good way is, and walk in it. What's that? That's just sort of having a reality check. It's kind of like having a reality check and realising... You know, I've lost my way a bit. And I need to refocus and see what that way is and, and, and find out for myself where that good way is because the scriptures say there you will find rest for your souls. And we're called, the Bible talks about it in Hebrews, we're called to enter into a rest, into a place of rest. Jesus in Matthew 23, 37 and 38, cried out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who were sent to her. How often I wanted to gather the children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. And see, now your house is desolate. What's he saying? I wanted to father you, but you wouldn't let me. I, I, I wanted to embrace you and to bring you in and show you my goodness and show you, show you everything and keep you safe. And keep, but you would not. You pulled back. And he said this to the same people. I show you these ancient paths. Take the ancient paths where the good way is. And it says the people said, I'm not going to do it. So what do we find when we pull back from the goodness of God? We don't find ourselves in a place where we ought to be. And, and I'm not going to speak doom and gloom over anything or anybody, but God is encouraging us in these days to come forward into, into. The scriptures talk about we were once afar off, but through the blood of Christ we have been brought near. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you behave like it or not, whether I behave like it or not, the reality is we have a position of closeness with our Heavenly Father. And he is better able to father us from the place where he lives from, which is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Now this love that is patient, this love that is kind, this love that is not envious, this love that is not boastful, this love that is not holding anything against anybody, takes no account of a suffer, suffering wrong. This love is first available to you before it's available through you. So when you wake up in the morning, this love that we're talking about is the love which is over your life. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you're drawn to it or not, whether you're naughty or good, that love of God is available and it's pointing in your direction and it's, it's really out of control, it's for you, it's just so good. But we would not 
No, we will. Let God love us. Let God in. Open up our heart. Get rid of that. Look for that good path. Look for that ancient path. And the Bible talks about that ancient path in John, 2 John, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. John. And now I plead with you, lady, though as not as though I wrote a new commandment, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. What's that? That's the path where the good way is. That's the path where we find rest for our souls. That's the path where we don't look back and go, I'm not going to do it. That's the path where we actually walk into it. Because Jude says it this way, keep yourself in the love of God. Particularly in this, these last days, when, when we read out all the attributes that are going on around here in the world, secular life, life without Christ, you, you, you look, it, that voice is getting louder, it's not getting softer. You look at the political environments, you look at, um, you look at the entertainment environments, it's, this world is full of compromise, it's full of nastiness, it's full of lies, it's full of... It's full of hate, it's full of, you know, if I, vote, if I vote Liberal and you vote Labor, we hate each other just on that point alone? Come on. I drive a Ford, I drive a Holden. <laughs> but this is what's happening in the world. People hate each other for no good reason. For no good reason. And yet God says, you don't live there. You guys, you're not to live there. I can't reach you. I can't influence you. I've got good things for your life. But we've got to live together as a family. In the atmosphere that God is trying to build in his church. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. You can turn there, there's a few verses here to read. Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason I bow my knees... Verse 14, to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who does Paul bow his knees to? The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I bow my knees to the Father. Relationship is in the church is important. Jesus is the head of the church. But he came to restore our relationship with our Father. And I've noticed lately there's a trend back to people sort of praying to Jesus and, and really, mm, you know, in a family, you don't go to your elder brother for permission to do something or direction. You go to your dad. You've got to have things in perspective. God is the head of this family. God the father. Father's father. Big brothers can't father. They can influence, they can help. But father's father and children need to hear the Father's voice. And the Father tells us this morning that I'm a God of love and I'll nurture you and I'll look after you as long as you allow me to and the boundary that I give you is the boundary of love and we'll have a quick little look later on but the boundary that we're to live in and, and, and keep ourselves from stepping over that line because the Bible talks about how God took us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. And these two kingdoms look nothing alike. And he didn't give us visiting rights. 
to go back. And, you know, the older I get, I'm 61, and the older I get, it's the simpler things that become more important to me. Um, when I first came into the Christian... Well, I grew up in a Baptist church and then wandered away and came back when I was 30 years of age into a Pentecostal church and a faith-filled church. And I just loved that tongues of men and of angels and mountain-moving faith and all that. And, and, and I wasn't overly sort of looking for the love of God so much as the dynamic and let's get to the prayer meeting because we're going to make things happen and rah, 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 rah. And, and, he, and yet as I get older, I think these things that I left behind are probably far more important. Far more important for me to go into and to help direct younger ministers coming forward because that, that stuff doesn't really... Uh, unless you're carrying God's heart, it doesn't mean a lot. A pastor, a pastor without the heart of God for the people is not a pastor. You know, he's got to have a heart. He's got to have his heart. Not just his heart, but his heart. And, and so God's heart for his people. Because it's part of how God gets through to us. is the people he calls and places in our life. And places in our path. And, and, and influences us with. Um, so for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. What's he saying? God wants you strong on the inside. He wants you strong. If you're not strong on the inside, you won't be strong on the outside. You might have a few of these, but you won't be strong. You won't know how to stand. God will strengthen us by his spirit on the inner man. You don't know what's ahead of your life. I had a heart attack four years ago, and I was laying on a jetty, unable to move. And the only cry that came from my heart was, Lord, you've got to send someone down onto their jetty because I'm in trouble here and I'm not going to make it. I was standing on a stand-up paddleboard. And as I said those words, sure enough, this guy walks down onto his jetty. And I said, could, could you help me, mate? I didn't realise I was having a heart attack. But I stepped up onto the jetty and then I, I just had what I call a power out. I just collapsed and I wasn't in pain or anything like that. I didn't know I was having a heart attack and it took all my strength just to tell them my wife's phone number. Zero, four, one. And, and so here I am at 57 and um, fit as, yet I didn't see this coming. But what did it locate in me? It, I'll tell you what it located in me. It located what I believed. It located in me what was in me. Did I cry? Did I fall in a heap? I, I can't, you can't afford to. When crisis comes, you can't afford to fall in a heap. You, you, it's time to stand up. It's not like I just walked out of the hospital and took off, I mean. But inside, I gathered, I gathered my wife. We gathered our family. We, we, we pulled in the scriptures and it was time to fight. It was time to stand. It was time to be strong. And, and so life goes on for all of us here, gathered here today. We've got to know when things go down, and they do go down, 
that we're going to be strong and that we've been strengthened by the Spirit of God in the inner man. And then it goes on to talk about to what end? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Strong on the inside, but a person of love. may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of God which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's bizarre. That's, that's big. That you, but the thing about it is that we can comprehend it that we might be able to, by the Spirit of God, comprehend the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of God that passes knowledge. I don't know too many people who know that love, to be honest. But it's something we aspire to as the church of God, as the children of God. Why? Because that's the nature of our Heavenly Father. That's what's in us. This love has been poured out in us. That's not to nullify going after the life that Jesus has purchased for us, but it's to say this is the realm in which we live. This is the realm in which it all happens. This is, this is the action place. This is the place of action for us. So the impossible becomes possible because it then goes on to say, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And then John goes on to say, talking about love, my little children, in John chapter 3, 18, let's not love only in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And I want to talk about our heart here. And by this we know we're of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence or we have peace with God. If our heart does not condemn us, we have peace with God. And if you look at that in context, the stability of your heart is purely based on the love of God. If that, that, that's what this scripture talks about. Let us not love in word or deed, but in, sorry, in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know we're of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For our heart condemns us. God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And that's not saying God has a greater condemnation. It's just saying God will know you're off-center. He knows you're off-center. He knows I'm off-center. When my heart is not at peace. And the only thing my heart should not be at peace about is, how, is my love walk. That's the only thing. Not my mother-in-law's voice. Not anybody's voice. My, my, my centre is about my love walk. My centre, my peace with God is about how I'm settled in my own self. And the only thing that should unsettle me is when I step outside the Father's influence. And then it goes on to say, if our heart does not condemn us, I love that, we have peace with God. So relax. <laughs> you know, we don't come to church to find out what's wrong with us. We come to church to find out everything's right with us. 
We come to church to make adjustments. We don't come to church to be slapped over the head and sent home depressed. We come to church to be lifted in the presence of God, to know that we're loved, to know that we can enjoy our Father's presence, to know there's nothing he's holding against us, to know some things about ourselves, to know that we are wonderful, valuable, precious, to walk out of here. My wife Catherine used to be a rouseabout with sheep. She was a, 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 worked in a shearing shed. And uh, some of these sheep that used to come in in Western Australia in some of the remote areas hadn't been shorn for three years. And these things had come in, they'd be hardly able to move. They'd just waddle in. And, and the shearer would get hold of them and get that wool off them and it, out the gate they'd go. And these things would just walk around like drunk men because they had so much weight. Church is supposed to get the weight off the sheep. And we're supposed to walk out of here with a little, you know, a little skip in our step. Yeah, we might have been slapped, but in a good way. For our own benefit. Because he loves us. And then we walk out of here with, a, with our heads held high. We're a little bit more confident than when we came in. We can face the week better. We're more secure. Because we don't have to live in this crappy world where they're lovers of themselves, boastful, proud, arrogant, unthankful, unholy, blah, 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 blah. That's not our place of residence. Our place of residence is where God loves us and holds nothing against us and wants to father us and direct us and help us, get us motorbikes, buy us red shoes. Come on. This is the father that loves us. <laughs> and then it goes on to say, and whatever we ask, we receive from him before, because we keep his commandments. What commandment? Love one another. Walk in love. Let God love you. It's not just about me loving you, it's about him loving me and me receiving that love and not, not, not hiding from it because it's such a sissy word. It's not a sissy word, it's a strong word. We just don't comprehend it and understand it to the degree that we should, which is why he said that, why Paul said that I pray that you would understand and see the scope of this love, the vastness of it the dimensions that it carries. Because when we get to the other side, and we will, it's going to be nothing like this. You're not going to have a problem knowing the love of God. You're not going to have a problem walking in the love of God. In this, in this realm, we need to make adjustments. We need to hear these messages and, and come up in ourselves and, and make sure that, that we're in a place where we're settled and at peace. Thank you for listening. We trust that you've been encouraged by the message. Please consider leaving a review and subscribing to receive new content. For more information about Redeemer Coast, visit www.redeemercoast.com or find us on social media where our handles are at Redeemer Coast. Until next time.